recipe for a good day Wednesday brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores. Your convenience store with more. They are open eight days a week. And that probably brings you to the question, Jeff, I understand they're open eight days a week. But does that include today? Yes, it does. It includes this Wednesday. It also includes Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and Mondays and Tuesdays, in case you're following. Um, what do we have in store for you today? I'm very excited about today's program because it brings to a end a project that has been a lengthy one, our four-part series, Soups and Stews and Chowders and Bisques, oh my. Uh, this being the fourth edition, if you're doing the, uh, the, the tracking, it's the Bisque edition of... Recipe for a good day. And we're also going to talk a little something else, too, in a moment. Um, we have uh, changed the format a wee bit uh, due to the fact that the specials change now on Thursdays for little general convenience stores. You can find their specials posted in the Valley Breeze newspaper. Hence, the Thursday changeover as the Breeze is released weekly on Thursday mornings. Uh, so when we talk to you on our Wednesday live program... Uh, we give you your last chance to get, and then we also give you what you can get starting on Thursday. If you listen on Saturday, forget the what you can get today because it's over. Um, Saturday, you're focused in on the second round of specials. So first, let's tell you what is your last day today to acquire at the sale prices available at all locations. The sale prices today include one of my favorites, Hummel Brothers. I love me some Hummel Brothers meats. Hummel Brothers ham off the bone, five ninety nine a pound. And the Hummel Brothers, my favorite turkey breast meat, is their oven brown turkey breast, uh, seven eighty nine a pound. Is there a difference in sliced turkey breast? Hell yes. I prefer the Hummel Brothers, eight eighty nine a pound. It's not as dry as meat. It's very moist. And, and very flavorful. Um, the Hummel Brothers, ham off the bone, five ninety nine. The oven brown turkey breast, eight eighty nine. The final day of that sale today. From Russer, the Wonder Bar Bologna, or Bologna, however you want to say it, three eighty nine a pound. Final day for that sale. The final day for the Lando Lakes freshly sliced white American cheese, five eighty nine a pound. I picked up a pound um, last week. JJ picked it up when he went to the. Um, uh, store for me. Uh, I had last night, uh, yesterday for lunch, and rather, I had uh, two grilled cheeses. I made it myself. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big man now. And soup. And that um, cheese, still holding up. Uh, the short rump steak, five ninety nine a pound. Um, you cut that in two, you got uh, two eight-ounce short rump steak dinners for three bucks a piece. You can't go wrong there. Final day for that sale. You're going to do a roast and we're going to give you a recipe from a listener uh, on there on her roast today. Bottom round roast, four eighty nine a pound. Final day for that sale as well. Um, now the new items starting Thursday. Now this will be the twenty fifth through the thirty first sale effective dates. Uh, will include from Pauline imported ham five eighty nine a pound. This time it's maple leaf bologna bologna uh, for four eighty nine a pound from KM and Dina was just saying last night I'm in the mood for pastrami. I said Dina. Put a pin in that thought. We're going to put it over here in the cork board, and we're going to take that thought down Thursday because 
KM Extra Lean Pastrami, $9.99 a pound. Outstanding price for KM Extra Lean Pastrami, $5.99 a pound. So we'll be having some home pastrami sandwiches starting Thursday, Dina. Hang in there. Um, from Purdue, it's Carving Turkey Breast for $8.89 a pound. That sale product goes into effect Thursday. Also, starting Thursday, Bottom Round Roast, $5.49 a pound. Uh, that is uh, going to be Thursday. So uh, t- Bottom Round Roast, $4.89 a pound today. Thursday, five forty nine a pound. So either way, you're going to get it on sale. You save a few extra pennies today versus Thursday. From Gorelick Whole Milk, five ninety nine a gallon. Fruit Squares, four eighty nine for a two pack. Um, from Maple Leaf Hot Dogs, five ninety nine a pound. And Boston Salads offering this week for Little General Potato and Egg Salad, four eighty nine a pound. A product we're going to talk about: Swiss steak. Five ninety nine a pound on sale, and that may lead you to say, uh, uh, "What is Swiss steak?" You say Swiss steak. Yes, I said Swiss steak. Now, Swiss steak is more popular than you think. If you transfer the word Swiss steak for cube steak, you pretty much know what we're talking about. Um, the Swiss steak does have a recipe for an actual Swiss steak recipe. Um, but you're talking about a round of rum steak tenderized by what's called Swissing, hence the Swiss steak. Now, Swissing is what's done to cube steak. Think of Swiss cheese with the holes in it. You think of cube steak with the holes in it. You think of Swiss steak with the holes in it. It's run through the same machinery. Um, that's when it's put through a machine. Hundreds of tiny cuts break down the connected tissue, tenderize it at the same time. In addition to that, it requires a slow cook to further tenderize it. Um, again, commonly labeled cube steak. We know it as Swiss steak today. You can use it for chicken fried steak, but you can use it for what's called Swiss steak. So what is a Swiss steak recipe? Are we getting a bonus recipe? Yes, you are. Um, we're going to tell you a few ways you can cook it. One, you can use your range top. But again, it's a lengthier cook. You need to cook it slowly to tenderize this meat. So does that mean a slow cooker could be used? You're absolutely right. But you could also do it on a range top. We're going to give you both ways. One, a quarter cup all-purpose flour, a half teaspoon of salt, a quarter teaspoon of black pepper, a one to two pounds of Swiss steak, as it's labeled at Little General, otherwise known as cube steak, um, two tablespoons of vegetable shortening, a quarter cup of water. You can add more as needed. Uh, one eight-ounce can of diced tomatoes, one onion minced, a half green bell pepper chopped, and you're going to salt and black pepper to taste. Uh, easily mix the flour, the half teaspoon of salt, and the quarter teaspoon of black pepper together in a bowl. Sprinkle half that flour mixture on one side of that steak piece. And just pat it in. You want it to be absorbed. Flip the steak, coat with the remaining flour. Again, pat it in. You want it to be absorbed. You want it to get into the nook and crannies. And you can cut that into six pieces if you want to, or you can cook it as a whole. But you're going to melt some shortening in a large skillet over medium heat. You're going to place the steak pieces in that hot shortening, and you're going to cook it and brown it about seven to ten minutes per side. Cover, simmer it until tender, about an hour. So you're going to brown it, and then you're going to simmer it for about an hour 
adding water as needed. And that is going to take time and attention. As you're going to turn your steak pieces over, you'll add tomatoes, onions, and green peppers to the skillet. You can season it with that salt and black pepper. Um, after the hour of the meat, you're going to do about a half hour of the vegetables for them to tenderize. Or you can just make it a little easier on yourself. You can use a slow cooker. And we have a wonderful slow cooker recipe for the Swiss take. Again, on sale, $5.99 a pound. Um, And if you're looking to give a little less attention while it cooks, this is the way to go. Simply pour the uh, your ingredients. You're still going to use about a quarter cup of all-purpose flour. Two pounds of the Swiss steak cut into strips. Uh, two tablespoons of vegetable oil. One 14.5-ounce can of cream of mushroom soup. You can use one 14.5-ounce can of cheddar cheese soup. One half of a small onion chopped. One tablespoon of chopped green bell peppers, or if you want more, you can, of course, add more. It's your kitchen. It's your rules. One clove of garlic minced, one teaspoon of Worcestershire sauce, a half teaspoon of browning sauce, um, uh, and uh, salt, uh, black pepper to to taste. Put your flour in a bowl. Dredge that uh, Swiss steak strips in the flour to coat it, pat it in, get it in the nooks and crannies. Heat the vegetable oil in a large skillet over medium heat. You're going to still brown your meat as you always do before putting it in a slow cooker. I did it with my beef stew this weekend. It was fantastic. Seven to eight minutes per side. Transfer the beef strips into a slow cooker. Add cream of mushroom soup, add the cheddar cheese soup, the onion, the green bell pepper, the garlic, the Worcestershire sauce, the browning sauce. Stir it, season that mixture with a little bit of salt and pepper, and then you have everything in the crock pot. You're going to cook it on high for four, or you can go low, six to eight. When I am dealing with meat that needs to be tenderized through a slow cooking process, I'm not going to rush it. I'm going to take the low heat, Maybe I'll go high for the first hour just to get things going. Then drop it to the low heat and ride it out. The whole notion is to tenderize the meat, to break down those tissues with the slow cook process. So take advantage of it. So you can do it in a slow cooker. You can do it in a, uh, in a, in a Dutch oven. You can do it on a range top skillet. The choice is yours depending on how attentive you want to be to your Swiss steak. And again, that, rest, that uh, sale price this uh, starting Thursday, $5.99 a pound. Good stuff. On sale at low general convenience stores. Uh, We're going to hit a commercial message. We'll be back here in a moment as we continue our series, Soups and Stews and Chowders and Bisques. Oh, my. It's episode four. and We'll be talking about bisques. Recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores with locations for your shopping needs throughout the Blackstone Valley. Two-in-one socket, Manville Road and Cumberland Hill Road. Great Road, North Smithfield. Chapel Street in Boroughville and Central Avenue in Pawtucket. Always hot, always fresh coffee stations to get your day started. Grab and go meals perfectly prepared for you. Whether it's for an easy lunch to get you through your work day or to make an easy, satisfying dinner to end your day. And 
of course, delicious deli items from top-of-the-line lunch meats to top-of-the-line steak and chicken products. Oh, and of course, always fresh ground hamburg. Stay up to date on each week's sale items by going online at littlegeneral.com, your convenience store with more. Little General, where you always get a smile, a please, and a thank you. Open every day, including today. Proud sponsors of Recipe for a Good Day, Little General Convenience Stores. Some bisques. That's what we're going to be talking about for this program as we finish off our four-part series that we started really before Thanksgiving with episode one on soups. Uh, we took a break for the holidays and we've returned uh, with the new year with episodes two, three, and four. Today, episode four. So you can actually check it out online if you want to go back in time. Two ways to do it. One, you can go to littlegeneral.com. You look at the bottom of any page. You see, listen to recipe for a good day. You hit that, and if you're on your desktop, your tablet, your phone, whichever it is, you can scroll and play past editions of recipe for a good day. The menus are put in so you know what's talked about on each show. If you are a Spotify user, you can just go ahead and search uh, off your Spotify homepage. Uh, whether you're paid or free subscription, uh, it doesn't matter. You can do Recipe for a Good Day, and you will see in their podcast category the infamous red lettering of Little General, and that's our show. You simply uh, choose to follow it. You'll get a notification of each new edition being posted. And in addition to that, you can scroll through your Spotify app and listen to Recipe for a Good Day uh, at your time, on your time. Uh, and you can do it, if you have the Bluetooth in your car, it'll come right through your car stereo as you're maybe driving to work, waiting in the commute, and wondering what they have for dinner. So a lot of ways to enjoy Recipe for a Good Day, and we thank those of you who have done so. Uh, let's talk a little bit of general um, BISC news uh, information, as we'll keep you up to speed on uh, the differences between soups and stews and chowders and bisques. Oh my! I, just, I think I just say it inherently now, but it's a it's a, it is a French foods and one of the infamous uh, individuals that uh, made it popular in the United States was the one and only Julia Child. She was uh, really the chef to popularize what's called lobster bisque in the U.S. and we actually have her recipe. And her recipe uses both the shells and the lobster meat, as well as rice to thicken the bisque. We're going to give that to you today on the program. Uh, we're also going to give you my favorite bisque, which is tomato bisque, but that'll come later. Uh, but the definition of a bisque has been expanded well beyond seafood. You have vegetable bisques, like the tomato bisque. I love it with some grilled cheese. Butternut squash. Uh, the word, word is uh, related to that smooth texture of the dish and, of course, uses cream. Heavy cream, a must in bisque. Um, most Martin bisques, though, actually thickened actually using rice. And some cook the rice in the broth, strain it out later. Uh, the left-behind rice starch can be used to thicken your soups into a bisque. Uh, you can puree that rice into a soup to thicken it as well. Um, here's something to keep in mind as we use soup and bisque. All bisques are soups, but not all soups 
are bisques. Yeah, a little logic one-on-one there. Um, but they're almost always finished with hot cream, and that gives it the velvety texture that we love. And, and the richer bisques can actually have butter as well. But it should be smooth and luxurious, so it needs to be thoroughly blended uh, at that. So, um, again, it's a specific type of soup. Uh, the most similar type of soup to a bisque would, of course, be last week's chowder edition. Uh, but chow- chowder will have uh, hearty chunks of meat and vegetable in it. And a bisque should be, again, smooth and creamy. And you you can use a roux. Instead of blending ingredients as well to thicken it um, for a chowder. Meanwhile, for a bisque, again, it must be uh, purely smooth. So, generally, a bisque recipe will follow certain steps. Uh, that will include heating onions or other vegetables. Maybe the seafood shells and other main ingredients until you get that fragrance in the air. Uh, it will be covered with stock or some other base. Some add rice, bringing it to a boil and then simmer. Large shells should be removed and pureed or blend uh, soup. Uh, we'll talk about that on today's program. And then the finishing by stirring in that hot cream of butter. And that is a very delicate process because once you add the cream, you, you don't want to boil it. And then, of course, the garnishing uh, can be done as well. But it will be slightly uh, variable uh, to each recipe we get through today's program. So let's talk about uh, a few um, uh, issues about bisques. And the ingredients and preparation. And then we're also going to learn a culinary word today that you have to know, especially for the lobster bisque. So let's talk about first um, cooking bisques, ingredients, and preparing. Again, um, you are going to prepare a bisque. If you're going to do selfish, you're going to, uh, first the selfish is sautéed with ingredients like onion, garlic, carrot, celery, and butter. You can use wine and cherries to add enhanced flavors. The shellfish and vegetables are simmered in a stock, usually made from the same type of selfish, along with herbs and spices like, say, thyme and cayenne pepper. When it's simmered, solids are removed. The liquids are combined with rices and other starches. That helps thicken it. And then the soup can be pureed to create that smooth texture. And then, again, heavy cream added at the end. The trademark creaminess. Lobster bisque, crab bisque, seafood bisque. We'll be talking about those in just a little bit. Uh, The bisque soups uh, have different textures and consistencies. Bisque, you need a thick, creamy, smooth texture. And we're going to talk about pureeing shellfish. Yeah, it's something you never thought you'd talk about. Along with vegetables, uh, soup. Meanwhile, they can be chunky or smooth. But the difference in textures result from the ingredients used and the cooking techniques we are going to apply. Flavor profiles can vary as well. Bisque is usually rich and luxurious. And that's from the seafood, wine, or cream ingredients. Uh, The variations, again, onions, carrots, celery. We're going to be talking asparagus today. Lobsters, shrimps, tomatoes. Uh, To make a bisque, the shellfish shells are usually roasted and simmered with other aromatic vegetables, wine, and seasonings. But then the mixture has to be pureed, strained, and enriched with creams or butters. So that's another major difference. It's probably the only food you're going to use the casing of shellfish. Um, Many variations. We'll get to some of them on today's program, but of course not all of them. Um, A few general tips to keep in mind. One, when we're talking lobster today, remember to always cook your lobsters alive. It doesn't make you maniacal. It makes you wise. 
Once a lobster dies, bacteria quickly grows in a lobster. That's why you always need to cook a live lobster. If it's dead, don't cook it. Um, if you're going to make a lobster bisque or even a crab bisque, don't be afraid to add some clam juice. A dash of clam juice can go a long way. Um, you can spice up your bisques as well. You don't want it to be flavor bland. So you can consider adding some curry, a little bit of heat to your bisque can go a long way. Uh, if you're going to do like a pumpkin bisque, you can consider throwing something like cinnamon or ginger into that as well. Um, chopped prawns, a great addition, although we are talking smooth. Especially with the seafood uh, bisques, you can add a good hunk in the center as a garnish. It'll look good and, and, and very appeasing. As Johnny says, half of what you eat, you see. Um, you're going to use those crushed shells in order to thicken the bisque. We'll talk about that today. And see, we covered, I think we covered most of our base notes. Oh, yes. Patience, patience, patience. Um, we're going to talk about the use of corn with seafood bisques. And actually fruit bisque as well, like pear bisque is on the agenda today. So it's not just restricted to vegetables and seafood anymore. If you want to really give the biggest presentation possible to your family or friends that are dining on your bisque, consider serving it in a sourdough bread bowl. It's as good as a garnish as you're going to get with the bisque. That normally is some sort of appetizer. But with a sourdough bread bowl, it can actually become a meal. And the big thing about a bisque is this is not for the faint of heart cooks. Patience is a virtue, especially when it comes to the world of a bisque. It's going to be a long process. If you struggle with patience for cooking, uh, maybe you consider a crock pot for your bisque rather than using a range top. Um, one of the big keys is preventing boiling once you add the heavy cream, and that takes attention, it takes patience, it's not something you can rush. So just a few overall uh, things about bisque, and, and then there's a word we're going to be talking about, especially with the Julia Child uh, bisque, and the word we're going to be talking about is a French word called mirepoix. Uh, we're going to tell you what that is uh, in a few moments, but when we return... We continue on with Mirpaw and Lobster Bisque by Julia Child. But first, it is time for our new edition of what we call Reynolds Wrap. Ladies, are you ready? That Reynolds Wrap by here, Betty? You betcha, Pat. Reynolds Wrap makes this whole cooking and cleanup thing so easy. Reynolds Wrap makes good food better. The great thing about Reynolds Wrap is it's the one wrap you can depend on. Just a little Reynolds wrap can do more for a woman than any other wrap. Good morning, my fellow gastronomes. Ever since we learned how to make pasta ourselves, it's become a weekend staple. Now, I don't do it all the time because I'm, I'm time for other things. But during the week, it's a little too much to ask about rumbling stomachs. But in the weekend, when you've got some more time, it's great to do. Whereas our first pasta making attempts was a disaster. Oh, by the way, here's a tip. Do not ever try making spaghetti on your first try ever. Good. 
By now, we've got it down quite well. Pasta is also typically one of those skills you really improve on when doing it a lot more often. Since lasagna only requires simple sheets of pasta, it's probably the easiest fresh pasta to make. That said, once you make a good lasagna sheet, any homemade pasta is possible. Therefore, this segment takes a deep dive into fresh pasta science. Curious how to cook with dried pasta from the supermarket on those other days of the week? Well, pasta is eaten all over the world, thanks to the fact that it's such a simple and smart way of using flour. Now, instead of mixing water with flour and yeast, pasta only involves kneading flour and liquid and boiling it in water. When pasta is dried, it can also be stored for a long period of time without any negative effects on quality. Drying out the pasta will keep it good for just about forever. Even when you're making your own pasta, drying it on a rack will keep it perfectly fine for days. Any dried pasta normally just requires all-purpose flour and water for the dough. It's easier to make and less costly. For store-bought pasta, for store-bought fresh pasta, it's made with AP flour, water, and egg yolks. Now that one has more protein and needs less time to cook in boiling water. That makes a difference in the finished product. Cooked al dente, which is Italian meaning to the tooth. Well, the question remains, why make homemade pasta? Well, I got a few reasons for making your own pasta, actually. The first is, you work with your hands and you can make fun. You can even get the kids involved, too. Making your own pasta is fun to do and it'll give you another skill to show off. Secondly, fresh pasta tastes differently. Fresh homemade pasta is softer and lighter than store-bought. And the third reason, and probably the main reason for making your own, is that the dough can be used a lot more versatile. Since the sheets of pasta, like lasagna, are so flexible, you can make your own ravioli. Violi, tortelloni, cannelloni that you wouldn't be able to make otherwise. Also for lasagna, the sheets tend to be more flexible and easier to arrange in your pasta dish. Since pasta only contains two, maybe three, maybe four ingredients, the science of pasta is pretty straightforward. So let's start with the ingredients. Number one, all-purpose flour, plain or seasoned. Or if you can find double zero flour, you can use that too. Then there are eggs, water, and salt for flavor. With just flour and eggs, you can make a friendly fine pasta. Eggs contain fat and proteins. They contribute to the richness of the pasta. And that's even before you put sauce on it. The rest of the eggs is mostly water. But making a pasta with only water will give it a bland and soggy pasta. Ew! Who wants that? Now you gotta remember, if your flour is high in gluten, that's a factor to consider too. The eggs are mixed with the flour and kneaded together well. It can take a while for the pasta dough to come together, and that's because the dough contains quite little water. The water has to hydrate the flour particles, that is the gluten and starch, and the kneading has to develop the gluten. Both these processes require both time as well as kneading. The main trick of making pasta really is kneading the dough until it becomes super smooth. It takes some time and effort to do this, you know, kind of like bacon Bread. However, once you get the hang of it, making pasta is not that hard anymore. But why salt and water? Eggs are quite large, and we all know the dilemma of making one and a half recipes of something with eggs. You tend to need one and a half eggs as well. However, if you're making just a bit more than one portion, you can add some additional water to still bring the dough together. Water is great to correct a single portion of dough as well if you just added a bit too much flour. Since you've already got an egg in there, it's not going to be soggy and still have quite a bite to it. Now, let's talk about kneading and rolling for just a bit. The essence of pasta and making is that it's kneaded, K-N-E-A-D, ED and rolled out properly. In order to understand that, we first zoom in on the flour. Flour is made up of mostly starch and gluten, which are proteins. While kneading your pasta, just like when kneading a bread dough, you're developing the gluten. In other words, you're building up a gluten network. If you're doing this by hand with a rolling pin, you may want to rest the dough for an hour or so before heading on. During the resting period, the glutens relax and orient themselves. This will prevent the dough from pulling back after you rolled it. Can I knead the dough with a machine? Yeah. 
No problem. I use a stand mixer, a KitchenAid, as one of my favorite tools in the kitchen for sure, usually for everything else too. Making pasta takes time, but it takes shortcuts if you know it, if you have such a machine. Hey, speaking of lasagna, do you ever make the standard recipe or do you have your own variation, of which there are many? How many of you have seen the YouTube video of that 100-layer lasagna? Yes, Jeff, I'm not kidding. Interesting times. For Recipe for a Good Day, sponsored by Little General Stores, I'm Johnny Reynolds, and that's a wrap. Reynolds Wrap. Wouldn't you hate to be without it? Oh, fully! I forgot to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. How do I go shopping now? What's on sale this week? I don't know what to feed Funky the Monkey. Well, Anna Marie, we have you covered all at LilGeneral.com. That's where you can find out what's on sale this week at all Little General locations. And now can listen to past editions of Recipe for a Good Day. Just go to LilGeneral.com. You'll see the tab for the weekly flyer. Click that. You'll see the specials this week at all Little General locations. And at the bottom of the page... You'll see the link to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. So if you miss a show or are unable to write down a recipe, now you can go listen anytime at your time at littlegeneral.com. Salami, Tommy. Give it to gravy, Davy. That's right, and I hope they're eating bisque this week. That's our subject for the remainder of the program. Um, we'll be talking bisque. And uh, we got a lot of ground to cover. A long way to go, a short time to get there, so we're going to get down to it. Uh, Mirepoix, what is Mirepoix? We're going to be referencing it. Mirepoix is simply a base made of diced vegetables. Typically, this is what you're looking at. And they are cooked within some sort of fat, butter, oil example. It just helps sweeten and deepen the flavor. But Mirepoix is celery, onions, carrots. Traditional ratio, one to one. Uh, one part celery, two parts onions, one part carrot. Uh, the trio serves as a foundation for many soups, stews, sauces, and yes, bisques as well. Um, so Mirepoix is a term we're going to be talking about. Uh, you, you may have heard of pink cage. That is different. That is basically Mirepoix with a tomato paste added to it. I guess if you wanted to, you could go that route. Um, and uh, the, um, the uh, difference of pink cage will be a lot of vegetarian recipes. So if you're looking to add uh, flavor to meatless dishes, hence the tomato paste. Uh, you can use it in soups, homemade chicken noodle soups. You can use it in, in vegetable stocks. You can use it in minestrone soup. You've probably seen it there. Uh, it's not Holy Trinity. Cajun Holy Trinity is another variation of that. A one-to-one -one ratio of carrots, onions, celery. But it's equal parts of celery, onions, bell peppers for the spicy Cajun version of it. Uh, Cajun cuisine, obviously, dealing with more spices. You can prepare my pox, uh, and freeze it, because you're only going to be using about a cup or so when you're making things. So if you want to make a batch, you can freeze the trio of vegetables. Um, you may want to just follow a few steps. Dice your carrots, onions, and celery. Again, it's one, two, one. One part carrots, two parts onions, uh, one part celery. 
You can lay the diced vegetables flat on a lined bacon sheet, cover it foil or plastic wrap, and then freeze it over the night. The next day, just transfer the frozen vegetables to a freezer-safe bag. But you're basically what you're doing is you're just freezing them kind of separated so they don't freeze together in a big clump. And you can thaw it overnight in the fridge and then use it to, to cook them up with some olive oil or butter. So it's something you can do in advance because you, you could use it a lot more than you probably are. We want to give you the recipe for Julia Child's classic lobster bisque soup. And again, the big reason why bisque became big in the country, Julia Child and her lobster bisque. So again, the first reason why we talked about mirepoix first is you need to prepare that first. And you're going to get one cup of that mix. Two tablespoons of butter. Um, so you got one cup of mirepoix, equal parts, diced celery. Uh, so sorry, it's one, two, one. One part celery, two part onions, two, uh, one part carrot. Uh, you're going to melt the, the, the butter in the saucepan, then add in your mirepoix. Um, cook it slowly, six to eight minutes. You're just going to tenderize the vegetables, um, but you don't want to brown them. Once you cook, you transfer it to a bowl. And you know, or you could keep it in the pan, but don't wash the pan. You're washing out flavors. You're going to use the pan for some continued steps here. So keep the flavor in the pan. You'll want it for your rice down the road. Uh, you are going to use two to three fresh, uncooked, alive lobsters, roughly about a half pound in size, uh, two tablespoons of olive oil. So you've purchased live lobsters. Um, I don't know why you'd want to kill them, but you could. Knife into the head and chest of the lobster. I'm sorry, vegetarian. She probably just passed out. But what you want to do is buy, is just stick the lobsters head down into the pot of steaming water. Um, you wear an oven mitt when you put the lobster in the pot. Don't steam the lobster for more than three minutes. But you, you cut up the, the – they pass quickly. Cut up the raw or slightly cooked lobster meat, okay? Tear the tail and claws from the body. Split the chest in two with the large knife. Split the lobster tail in two lengthwise uh, sections with the knife. Once the lobster's cut up, set aside the claws and the tails with the meat still inside. We'll tell you what to do with them in a minute. Meanwhile, fill the bottom of a casserole. You can use a, a large casserole dish with oil. Heat it until the oil is very hot but not smoking. Then add in the lobster chest and legs, saute, tossing, turning frequently. It's about four to five minutes until the shells get deep red in color. Now we are simmering the lobster and picking out the meat. Salt and pepper, six tablespoons of cognac, uh, one tablespoon for the chef. <laughs> Uh, one and a half cups of dry white wine, one bay leaf, uh, that mirepoix from step one, you're going to utilize that cup, four small tomatoes diced and seeds removed and skins peeled off, one clove of garlic mashed, a large pinch of cayenne pepper, two tablespoons of fresh tarragon, and when the lobster chest and legs are sautéed, lower the heat slightly, add in the salt and pepper, then pour on the cognac, uh, ignite it with a match. Continue to stir the lobster shells and shake that dish until the flames die down. Next, pour in the wine and the bay leaf and the tarragon. Fold in the mirepoix, the tomatoes, the, the garlic, the cayenne pepper. Then add in the rest of the uncooked lobster the, the claws and the tails, remember you set them aside. Go ahead, put them in. Once they are all added, cover that casserole, simmer it slowly for about 20, 25 minutes. 
Now, if you haven't had an apron on, get out your chef apron. It's time. It's a little bit messy here. But when the mixture is through simmering, turn off the heat. Remove the pieces of lobster from the casserole. Let them cool. Now you must pick the lobster meat out of the shells, which are still coated in some of that sauce. Set aside the lobster meat. You're looking for at least a cup's worth in a bowl. Chop up the shells, what you got left, half-inch pieces. Set them aside in a separate bowl. Then pour all the cooking sauce, the remnants of the mirepoix, the tomatoes, etc., from the casserole through a sieve to catch any remaining shell pieces and into the jar of a blender. This sauce will be combined with the other ingredients coming up. But set aside the casserole. But again, do not wash that dish. Now, you're going to use two cups of clam juice or fish stock and two cups of chicken stock and about a quarter cup of plain white rice. You're going to use the saucepan from our first step that we used uh, in which the mirepoix was cooked. Bring the clam juice or fish stock and chicken stock to a boil. Sprinkle that rice in, stir it, simmer for about 20 minutes, set it aside. Set it, set it aside. Um, now, pureeing that rice and lobster meat is what is going to turn this into a bisque with the lobster cooking sauce. So drain out the rice, reserve that cooking liquid. We talked about the starch and the value it has. Place that along with one half of the cooked lobster meat into the blender it should already contain the lobster cooking sauce, the mirepoix, the tomatoes, etc. Once it's pureed, remove the mixture from the blender. Place it back into that rice saucepan. We're going to use it in a minute. Six tablespoons of butter. That bowl of chopped lobster shells. Add the butter to the previously used casserole. Heat it until it starts bubbling. Stir in lobster shells, saute it for about three minutes, tossing and turning continuously. And then pour that mixture, including all the shells that are in that pan, into the blender and puree it. Now, you're going to need to start and stop it, start and stop it. You'll be scraping shells off the side of the blender and back down into the blades. Just do it. You're going to puree it for about five minutes. Once the butter and the shells get well mixed, and you're going to pour the entire mixture, again, through a sieve. You, you, you're, you're weeding out any fractured pieces of shell. And you need a very fine sieve to catch all the shells, a very fine mesh. Uh, you can use several layers of cheesecloth as well. I wouldn't use one, but several layers to help strain the butter from the shells. And then set that lobster butter aside in a bowl. Discard those shells that remained. The butter will be used here. Two tablespoons of that lobster butter. Two tablespoons of cognac or dry white vermouth would be fine. Salt and pepper. Uh, and then heat that lobster butter in the frying pan. It'll start to bubble. You add in the lobster meat. You're going to cook it only for a few minutes, two, three minutes. Tossing, turning, seasoning it with that salt and pepper. Pour in more cognac uh, until the liquid evaporates. Scrape the lobster into the saucepan. You, you're gathering up all that flavor from the pan. Uh, let it cool uncovered. Then you can cover it, refrigerate it, or freeze it, whatever you want to do. But the final flavor, 
the remaining lobster butter you have, one cup of heavy cream, and this is where great atten- uh, it, biscuit again is a more attentive thing to make. But this, you have to pay very close attention here when you add in that cup of heavy cream, the salt, pepper, the cayenne, if you want it a little spicy. You can use some croutons or some crusty bread on the side of it as well. But a few minutes before serving, you're going to put that soup back in the pot and bring it to a simmer. Not a boil, a simmer. Flavor it with the salt, the pepper, and the cayenne if you want. But just before serving, stir in the one cup of heavy cream or remove it from the heat. You do not want to boil. Once you add cream, you will turn your bisque into trash because it will curdle. Remove it from the heat, stir in that lobster butter, that one tablespoon at a time of that lobster butter, and then finally pour it into bowls. You can serve it with a side of bread or croutons. You can ladle the bisque into shallow bowls. You make it pretty. Butter-drenched lobster medallions and pieces. You can sit on top or float them. But remember, a bisque should be smooth. Freshly ground black pepper. You can use some sea salt if you want to garnish it with that. Some tarragon. Um, bits of, of, of flowers. It can be used. Some flowers are edible. But um, thinly shaved black truffles seems to be, when I was looking at recipes, something that is very common on top. Of the bisque. That is the infamous Julia Child lobster bisque recipe. And as always, if you want to have that emailed to you, all you have to do with any of our recipes on a given week is email uh, askthechef at wnri.com. All one word, askthechef at wnri.com. Let me know what recipe you want and I'll be glad to scan and send that out to you, as we have for many others already. That is an ongoing offer. We're going to talk tomato bisque in a moment, but before we get there, let's have another moment with Johnny Reynolds. This time, hey, Seasonings Greetings. And now, it's time for Seasonings Greetings, a segment dedicated to all things that add flavor to our favorite food. And here is your host of Seasonings Greetings, the Sage of Stroganoff, the Baron of Barbecue, the Prince of Piccata, Johnny Reynolds Jr. Cloves are a versatile spice that adds flavor while also providing really good health benefits. They are high in antioxidants, may help regulate blood sugar, kill bacteria, and a whole lot more. So, what are cloves? There's a flower buds of the clove tree, an evergreen also known with a name I am not that brave to pronounce. Found in whole and ground forms, this versatile spice can be used to season pot roasts, add flavor to hot beverages such as wassail during winter, and bring spicy warmth to cookies and cakes. Now you may know cloves as one of the main ingredients in gingerbread baked goods or staple spice in Indian cuisine. Cloves are also best known as a sweet and aromatic spice, but they also have been used in traditional medicine. In fact, animal studies have found that the compounds in cloves may have several health benefits, including supporting liver health and helping to stabilize blood sugar levels. This segment on Recipe for a Good Day reviews eight of the most impressive health benefits of eating cloves. So number one, cloves contain fiber, vitamins, and minerals, so using whole or ground cloves to add flavor to your food can provide some important nutrients. One teaspoon 
which is two grams of ground cloves contain six calories, one gram of carbs, one gram of fiber, 55% of the daily value of manganese, and 2% of the daily value of vitamin K. Manganese is an essential mineral for maintaining brain function and building strong bones. Apart from being a rich source of manganese, cloves are only used in small amounts and do not provide significant amounts of nutrients. Number two, they're very high in antioxidants. In addition to containing several important vitamins and minerals, cloves are rich in antioxidants. Now, an antioxidant is a compound that reduces oxidative stress, which can contribute to the development of chronic disease. Cloves also contain a compound called eugenol, which has been shown to act as a natural antioxidant. In fact, test tube studies find that eugenol stopped oxidative damage caused by free radicals five times more efficiently than vitamin E, another potent antioxidant. Including cloves in your diet along with other antioxidant-rich foods can help improve your overall health. Number three may help protect against cancer. Some research suggests that the compounds found in cloves may help protect protect against cancer. One test tube study found that clove extract helped stop the growth of tumors and promoted cell death in cancer cells. Number four, cloves can help kill bacteria. Cloves have been known to have antimicrobial properties, meaning they can help stop the growth of microorganisms like bacteria. A test tube study showed that clove essential oil kills three times, three common types of bacteria, including E. coli, which is a strain of bacteria that can cause food poisoning. What's more, the antibacterial properties of cloves can even help promote oral health. Number five, may improve liver health. Studies show that the beneficial compounds in cloves can help promote liver health. The compound eugenol may be essentially beneficial for the liver. One animal study fed rats with fatty liver disease mixtures containing either clove oil or eugenol. Both mixtures improved liver function, reduced inflammation, and decreased oxidative stress. Number six, cloves may help regulate blood sugar. Now, when I saw this one, my eyes open because I can identify. Research shows that the compounds found in cloves may help keep blood sugar under control. An animal study found that clove extract helped moderate blood sugar increases in mice with diabetes. Cloves and nigericin were found to increase the uptake of sugar from the blood into cells, increasing the secretion of insulin and improving the function of cells that produce insulin. Now, as you know, insulin is a hormone responsible for transporting sugar from your blood into your cells. Next, Number seven, it may promote bone health. Low bone mass is a condition that affects an estimated 43 million older adults in the United States alone. It can lead to the development of osteoporosis, which may increase the risk of breaks and fractures. Some of the compounds in cloves have been shown to help preserve bone mass in animal studies. For example, an animal study found that clove extract high in eugenol improved several markers of osteoporosis and increased bone density and strength. Cloves are also rich in magnesium a mineral that's involved in the formation of bone and incredibly important to bone health. However, current research on the effects of clothes on bone mass is mostly limited to animal and test tube studies. And finally, number eight. Now, if you've got a stomach ulcer or know someone who does, send them this information. Some research indicates that the compounds found in cloves can help treat stomach ulcers. Also known as peptic ulcers, stomach ulcers are painful sores that form in the lining of the stomach or the duodenum or the esophagus. They're mostly caused by reductions in the protective lining of the stomach, which are due to factors like stress, infection, and genetics. 
in an animal study, essential oil from cloves was shown to increase the production of gastric mucus. This functions as a barrier and helps prevent erosion of the stomach lining from digestive acids. Though the anti-culture effects of cloves and their compounds may be promising, further studies are needed on their effects on humans. I hope you understand more about the benefits of fresh spices and herbs for you, your family, and friends. Now back to more recipe for a good day on WNRI. I'm Johnny Reynolds. If you have a question from your kitchen or a recipe you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Just email the show at asktheshef at WNRI.com. That's asktheshef at WNRI.com. to slip in. There's so much to talk about on the world of bisque. Um, I do have other recipes here. We're not going to have time for shrimp bisque, uh, corn and crab bisque. Uh, let's see here. Creamy seafood bisque. Uh, we got the asparagus bisque with lemon cream. That would seem very nice. Carrot uh, bisque with orange and tarragon. A bear cheese velvet bisque. Um, sweet potato bisque even. Cheddar pear bisque. Uh, so many bisque. If you want any of those I mentioned, you can email askthechef at WNRI.com. Let me know what you're looking for. I'll be glad to send it off to you. Um, but I do want to make sure we cover uh, probably one of the other most popular bisques. I love it. Tomato bisque. You got to have it with a grilled cheese. A little bread and butter from Little General. And, of course, the American cheese on sale goes a long way. So... Here we go. Let's give you this one. Tomato bisque. This recipe is courtesy of the Food Network Kitchen. Uh, four tablespoons of... There's a lot of tomato bisque soups out uh, out there that I came across. Um, but looking at them, I felt uh, many left... They shortcutted too much. So that's why I went with the Food Network, just to let you know. Uh, four tablespoons of unsalted butter... One tablespoon of minced bacon, about a half ounce. And the good news is that means I get to eat the rest of the bacon that I had to cook. Uh, One Spanish onion chopped, one carrot chopped, one stalk of celery chopped, four cloves of garlic minced, five tablespoons of all-purpose flour, five cups of chicken broth, homemade or low-sodium boxed or canned is fine. Um, one 28-ounce can of whole peeled tomatoes with the liquid roughly chopped. Uh, three parsley sprigs, three fresh thyme sprigs, if you have the time. One bay leaf, one cup of heavy cream, and one and three-quarter teaspoons of kosher salt and some freshly ground black pepper. Uh, simple directions, but a little time-consuming. Heat the butter in your large soup pot, medium heat. You're going to add in the bacon. You're going to cook it, stirring it, crisping it. Most of the fat has rendered about one minute. Use a slotted spoon. Transfer the bacon onto paper towels and set it aside. Lower the heat to medium. 
Add in the onion, the carrots, the celery, the garlic, and cook it, covering it, stirring. Occasionally, you're going to soften. You're going to let them get fragrant in about 8 to 10 minutes. Then stir in the flour and cook again, constantly stirring the flour for about three minutes. Now pour in the broth and tomatoes. Bring it to a boil while whisking it constantly. Tie the parsley sprigs, thyme, and bay leaf together with a piece of kitchen twine. Toss it in the pot. Lower the heat. Simmer it for about 30 minutes. Simmer it. Do not boil it. Big difference. Simmer for about 30 minutes. Remove it from the heat. Allow it to cook. Now, when that soup base cools, remove it. Discard your herb bundle. Working in batches, transfer the mixture to a blender, puree it until it is smooth. And then again, you're going to use a sieve over a large bowl to strain that tomato puree. Return the puree to the pot. Reheat it over medium heat. Now, again, whisk in the heavy cream, as always at the end. Salt as well. Put it into the soup. You're going to make it into that bisque. Season it with the pepper to taste. You don't want to return it to a boil. Never return it to a boil once the cream is in. Divide among the uh, soup bowls. You can garnish it with an extra slab of crispy bacon on top because it makes the world go round with a sidecar of a grilled cheese. Is, I, this is perfect for cold, damp weather. A lovely tomato bisque topped with a nice slab of bacon with a lovely slab of grilled cheese. We hope you enjoyed today's program. We hope you enjoyed the four-part series, soups and stews and chowders and bisques. Oh, my. We move in a new direction starting next week. But before we let you go, I want to remind you that the sale items starting Thursday the 25th through January 31st, the end of the month, Pauline imported ham, just $5.89 a pound. From Maple Leaf, the bologna, $4.89 a pound. The carving turkey breast from Purdue, $8.89 a pound. The Swiss steak, when we gave recipes at the top of the program, if you missed it, you can hear the replay Saturday, 2 p.m., $5.99 a pound. KM Extra Lean Pastrami on my list starting Thursday, $9.99 a pound. Hot dogs from Maple Leaf, $5.99 a pound. Boston Salads has the potato and egg salad for $4.89 a pound. Bottom Round Roast for $5.49 a pound. Whole milk, $5.99 a gallon. Fruit Squares, $4.89 for a two-pack. Those are some of the sale items on sale starting Thursday through Thursday. And remember, enter to win weekly raffles of meat and more at any location. Your free entry awaits you. Remember, no less than $200 awarded out every Monday. No purchase necessary. You must enter each week for a chance to win. And you must fill out an entry at your local Little General Stores. One winner's picked. One winner picked per week. And that is drawn on every Monday. Uh, thank you, Johnny J, for another great edition of your contributions between the Reynolds Wrap and the Seasonings Greetings. And again, we hope you enjoyed our conversations of soups and stews and chowders and bisques. And we move in a new direction starting next week. And if there's something you'd like to hear covered or a topic or a genre of food, simply email askthechef at WNRI.com in addition to asking for any of the recipes we give here on Recipe for a Good Day. We hold the recipes at the station for the 
rest of the week. So you can email askthechef at WNRI.com. We'll get that recipe off to you. Bon appetit.